When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! 
You are in search of the bones of the dead witch Agatha Drusella, who could hopefully uh, cast a little bit of light on uh, the ramblings of Ravon, a prophecy that seemingly involves the three of you, though none of the three of you necessarily believe in such things. Um, as a result, you've come to the town of Stone's Fro Throw um, in search of uh, the witch's body, only to be pointed to the Bastard Bin, a crypt built into the bottom of a quarry, where you now find yourselves uh, at sword point uh, from some town guard who are in the process of body bagging one of their compatriots. At the end of last session, I asked you all to roll for initiative. Uh, we know that Tyler rolled a one. <laughs> How did the rest of you do? Do you want to know what it is? Uh -oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's I don't know if you can see it. That's, that's also a one. A one. <laughs> Tom, I hate to say it, but I also rolled a one. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Dead serious. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I think I can safely say, A, I've never seen that in all no. of my years of playing D&D. &D. Uh, and second, um, fuck this combat. They get the drop on you. Um, to your shock and surprise, they are very good. Uh, they have you at sword point and they force you to your knees. Um, and uh, they, um, the guards kind of turn their blades uh, towards... Um, the turtle man um, and they're like me. we'll tell you the same things we told your damn skeleton friends N no one fucks with city watch we get minimum wage and maximum respect um, and you realize that if you don't do anything uh, they are going to stab Maka through the throat time slows I was going to say I and Gwendolyn is not actually with us because technically you never said you walked up to the group, so you're well, where Karen left. <laughs> if that's far uh, away, I, I don't no, know. Time up to you. I was, no, I was I was following you for sure. Um, I mean, I went to hide behind a tree. Um, I didn't say that, but the, that was in my head. And uh, it was and, in my head you know, uh, that I brought two submachine guns uh, <laughs> and just shot no, everyone. No, 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 no. To be clear, I was hiding behind a tree, but I mean, I'm a freaking suit of armor, so. All right, exactly so well, listen, you I... bastards. If you're gonna <laughs> violate the theater of the mind this hard, we will move to roll twenty, and I will make you move hex yeah. by hex. There, so help me, God. please, Tom. Please, Tom. No, I was not hidden. We'll I was in plain view. I'm just saying I was with y'all. I will turn this game right around and <laughs> right. drive it back to Fandelver. So I, I, I wave at Gwendolyn that she should get to her knees like the rest of us. And now we're uh, all I, on I, our I'm knees. I'm already at my knees. I'm already yeah. at my knees. I was, they, they pushed me in with you. Yeah. Okay. I was not hiding. It's fine. It's all good. Um, so yes, um, you have a moment before uh, Maka takes uh, takes a, the, the pointy end. What do you do? I... Uh... I use my uh, innate ability uh, shell defense, which is as a turtle, I just retract into my shell and Yay! get plus four to my armor class. So I have armor up 21. He tries to stab you and your head just goes whoop. Um, and uh, I imagine, because this is always how I imagine turtle shells falling, it does that hilarious like saucer spin where it's like whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he lowers his sword and then just like awkwardly pokes at your shell uh, and he turns to his friend he's like well that's new it's different than the other skeletons alright gentlemen I just want to have a conversation here 
So that's not a skeleton. That's a giant a demon. That's a giant demon. It's a, a turtle. So it's yeah. like a turtle that can talk. Have you ever seen a turtle? No. The other guy's like, yes, obviously. He's <laughs> sorry. He doesn't get out much. Okay, so he's like turtle, but big and can talk. He's also, uh, he's got healing powers. Is your friend all the way dead? Maybe he could help you bring your friend back from the dead. Or if they're just injured, maybe he's you are wrong. He's a necromancer? No, no, and no. And they're both no, he's a healer. He is a healer. My name is, is Duncan Kindano. I'm a dawnbreaker. I'd never work with a necromancer. I'd never work with anyone evil. Uh, okay, so you're telling me there's a large human-sized talking turtle and you're a mystical guy from myth and legend. Okay, bud. Sure. My Dawnbreakers. Yeah, hey, I'm a dawnbreaker too. And then and he farts. And I just spin my hands around to show the forearm carvings on the coppers on my forearms. Um... Hmm. Okay, I'm going to roll for that. Yes, Laura. Would I also have those markings as like the original Dawnbreaker? Um, you don't. You have very basic. Ah. Oh, bear with me though. You have very yeah, basic okay. copper. Um, uh, Amala never added any flourishes to her armor, so it really is like hammered copper. Yeah. Eventually okay. added to a proper chest plate, but like it is. Oddly, you actually have the most accurate version of it, but uh, Duncan is from um, a thousand years later, so right, right, by the right. time he had it, there were markings, um, and of course the nobility now where, to your eye as Gwendolyn, like, they guilt them with gold, and it's like, oh, I have to use copper as the base, but, like, copper sucks, so, like, here's all the cool shit. Right. Um, okay, cool. But, yes, you do. Um, so, uh, I rolled a crit on... Uh, so nice to be able to flash 20s at the camera. Uh, I rolled a crit on his history check, um, and he's like, well, byproducts be damned. He's a copper. And the other guy's like, okay, but like, here's what I don't understand. What's a turtle, though? And he's like, shut up, Steve. <laughs> okay, hey, um, wow. Uh, okay, what is a dot... Are you are you here to help with the skeletons? I uh, well, they killed our friend, um, and uh, they they've been a few of us have fallen. They uh, the dead have risen, and he's like, I feel like the necrotus is back, mm. and he's like, like for the sake of full disclosure, wasn't aware of the skeletons until now, but now that I'm aware they exist, yes, I'm here to deal with the fucking skeletons. It's like, all right, that's that's real good news because we are. I just try. I just chime in with, yeah, those ah! bastards. <laughs> uh, hey, is there someone in there? What what what's with the gaps in that armor? Uh, 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 and my brain just. It's magical breaks. armor sent in the form of Amala Kin Solaris. That's why like, it has. The, that's why it has the Elos blade, uh, and I point to the sword. Uh, and I, I brandish the sword. Hello. Uh, the the guy you're talking to is just like, holy shit! And Steve is like, okay, but turtles though. And he's like, fucking dude, <laughs> dude. Um, wow. Okay. And he he actually like 
lays his blade on the ground um, and drops to his his hands and knees. Um, and uh, he doesn't like kiss your foot, but he does put it put a hand on it. Um, and he just says, um, "My my mother's always used to tell me." tales of, of, of the bringer of dawn and the dawnbreakers and um, I, I knew neither of them really believed it I thought they were just trying to trying to make our, our hard life better but but if it's if it's you if it's if if you're somehow even just channeling her thank you thank you for coming back to save us and then he like wraps his arms around your leg and proceeds to hold it as though it's holding him to the the earth itself I, I pat him on the head. Um, it's like it, it, it's a little bit like you're batting a base, like a basketball. <laughs> it's just like because um, I don't think you really understand how heavy your hand is yet. Yeah. No. Um, but he takes it in the intent it, it was meant. Um, and as as he he comes back up, um, sort of sitting back on on his knees, he he looks up at you with uh, with awe and and reverence, and um, you can see tears in his eyes. Um, and his friend Steve is just kind of like isn't really quite sure what to do, so just kind of also puts his sword down, but then just kind of sits and and looks expectantly. Um, and um, um, Vin, the the man who who is uh, who you've been speaking to, um, says, uh, "Whatever I can do to assist assist you, please l- let me know." Um, but yes, the the dead have risen within the crypt. Um, we this is where. Um, Stone's throw sends its 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 worst and and scariest, and the fact that um, all of the the criminals uh, from the town's history are are risen is uh, needless to say uh, pretty concerning for us. Uh, we're not really, as I said, we're minimum wage but maximum <sighs> ability, respect. yeah, yes. and ability. We're, respect. Yeah, I was I was I was gilding the lily a bit there. Uh, we 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 may have maximum respect, we don't have maximum skill. Uh, as you can imagine, um, the lords keep us in line down here. So we, we've we've lost a few good friends down here. Uh, an entire party went missing uh, last week. Um, we're trying to keep it quiet so no one panics. And we're terrified of what the lords will do, um, given all the fighting that's going on between them right now. We don't really want to bring it to their attention. But um, yes, it would seem that the crypt has risen. Now, when did all this start? Um, a, a couple weeks back. Um, we'd... Uh, we we had a a, a witch, um, a, a local practitioner of the dark arts that we dealt with, um, and um, she was the last one we added to the crypt. But um, a few weeks later, the uh, the dead rose. Uh, one of our our regular um, inspections, uh, we send people in to make sure no one's been in there. Um, teenagers uh, and admittedly also twenty somethings, thirty somethings, forty somethings, and uh, yeah, all the way up all the way up the age range. Uh, have been known to to sneak into the crypts and uh, bone. Um, so we've uh, we've sent out patrols to make sure that no one does anymore. And uh, the patrol went missing, and that's when we realized there was a problem. Um, um, one of our fiercest fighters, uh, Shayla, she managed to make it out, um, but she was grievously wounded, and she succumbed to her injuries a few days later. But she she was uh, set upon by skeletons, and I didn't believe it, but I mean they. they 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 got our our, our pal um, Hermes here, uh, and um, I don't know that there's anything we can do. But maybe you, you're a dawnbreaker after all, and you have a haunted uh, suit of armor and um, a, a giant turtle man. Uh, you already seem much more badass than us. Um, 
think you can take a look? Having seen Gwendolyn sort of like falter in taking charge of the situation, uh, I think Duncan will will stand and offer a hand to Vin for like one of those like pull you up by the forearm. Yeah, so thing. so Vin Vin rises. Um, Steve like gets up on his own kind of awkwardly. Um, he he's getting the sense that he really fucked up here. It's it's a little bit like I could have been a cool moment in history, and <laughs> now I just feel like an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think Duncan wants to like. Uh, lessen that feeling. So once he's got Vin up, it's like he picks up Vin's sword and gives it to him and returns Steve's sword to him as well and, and kind of like gives him the same like forearm warrior grasp. And he's like, friends, we'll go down into the crypt and we will strike down this foe if it is within our capacity. If we do not return by tomorrow, dead, the dead fear the flame. Light torches, light bonfires, protect your village, but send word to whomever you must. This cannot be allowed to spread further. We'll Steve is like taking notes on his hand. <laughs> like, like a, um, fear, flame. Yep, yep, good, good, good. Uh, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, yeah, great. Also, take your friend's body and burn it. I don't know what your local customs are, but burn it and nothing can arise from the ash. Um, Vin uh, nods solemnly and um, he leans down and, and just like puts a puts a hand on, on uh, the corpse's shoulder and kind of another hand on the side of his face and he's like, my friend, you you did your very best, and Stone's Throw will not forget it. Uh, and then he kisses him on the forehead, um, stands back, uh, pops the cork out of a flask, and he's like, I was saving this for retirement. And he pours it on the body and throws his torch oh. down and light, lights him up. And the two of them stand kind of solemnly with their swords across their chest and, uh, and, and watch him burn. I will uh, stand with them with my blade in the same position. Uh, and I will say, though you may not have been a dawnbreaker, standing against a skeleton means you were a part of the eternal flame. May the Lord of Justice watch over you and ease your passing. Uh, Maka, how do you feel about the burning of a body? Uh, Maka will rise um, and join them standing before the, the, the pyre um, and just... Uh, sort of solemnly just say um, what was this soldier's name I said it very quickly I didn't catch it I think it's um, Hermes Hermes yes thank you Hermes Hermes your body now is reduced to ash and you will be scattered by the wind but that will not be the end of your story for even as ash, you will give verdant life to the forest and the trees. And I thank you for your contribution to the cycle. Um, you see Steve's sword falter a little bit. Um, and he, he kind of looks, he kind of turns and lean, leans over to you. And he's like, um... I didn't quite know what a turtle is, but I realize now that maybe it's it's comfort. Thank you. And then he like straightens back up and puts his sword back across his chest. Um, Gwendolyn, you've risen, um, kind of watching mm -hmm. this, this all happen. Um, you're actually not very familiar with death. Um, death isn't really a yeah. thing that touched the palace very much. Um. And honestly, life in Orville was 
pretty sanitized um, in kind of like modern terms. Uh, in North America, death is pretty sanitized. It's, you know, yeah. sterile hospital rooms and everything else. Um, but also, I don't think you've ever been to a funeral. Um, your mother passed uh, giving birth to Nikos, but like it was such a, a pomp and circumstance royal affair that it was so full of pageantry that it didn't feel like anything. Um, this is an entirely new experience for you, I think. Um, what is what is Gwendolyn feeling watching this? Um, I think I think it kind of strikes her that like. Um, people who are kind of lower down in society would have such um, kind of thoughtful ways of honoring people that they care about and would like care so deeply. Mm -hmm. I think that surprises, that kind of surprises her. Well, and I think too, if we're talking about the difference between a royal wedding, or sorry, a royal funeral and uh, this, um, there was something very detached about, and you were a kid, so it's also obviously like being a kid at a funeral is yeah. a, a different experience. Um, but the royal funeral was so much about ritual and um, the act of showing grief, uh, the performativity of grief, uh, that I think also watching something that's actually just about honoring the person that they knew is so vastly different from what you experienced. Right. And given that that was really the only funeral you'd been to, it's yeah, it's it's world's different. Not even just like the class thing I think is 100% something Gwendolyn would notice, but also how yeah. intimate this feels. So I think I think it's just like she wouldn't think that like people who are lower down would have anything more meaningful mm -hmm. than the people who are yeah, higher. Yeah, totally. Up. Love it. Right? So. so all of you watch as Oh sorry, you had something more? Um well, I just I, I what I think I I would be moved to um kind of raise my sword mm -hmm. and it kind of like met like it actually keeps rising mm -hmm. magically like and hovers a little bit as Ooh. i kind of reach towards it um and it just says like you know um in the name of amala we will avenge hermes and all the fallen uh so i'm going to give you each one point of advantage um for um taking part in this and, and helping these uh, city watch who you met as enemies uh, initially um, honor their dead. Um, and um, the three of you alongside the two uh, guardsmen kind of um, stand in silence for a few moments uh, watching the, the embers kind of um, drift upward uh, in an updraft. Um, and after an appropriate amount of time has passed, uh, you leave the guardsmen to continue to make sure that no one stumbles into this place by accident um, and continue kind of the, the rights for their friend. Um, and you begin to head into the crypt. So um, the doors to the crypt are heavy stone uh, that has been carved. You note that unlike most of the architecture you've seen to date, these aren't salvage. These have been been clearly built for this purpose um, by by a tremendous amount of, of effort and craftsmanship. Um, on them, written in a, it's in common, but it's um, it looks a little bit off. So think in, if we're looking at like an English keyboard, 
uh, like a North American English keyboard. It'd be like if um, the U and the O had like an umlaut over them and like there were just some some accents and things or some more archaic. If you've ever seen the first folio from Shakespeare, um, the way printing was done then, Fs looked like Ss because they couldn't get that shape. So it's common. You can read it, but it just seems a little bit off to your eye. Um, But um, on the door, it basically says... um, uh, here we leave what was never wanted. Um, and it's kind of like in big script across the doors split down the center. Um, the doors are slightly ajar. You can see they've been hurriedly kind of jammed to a point of almost being shut. Um, but the guards were, were clearly more concerned about Hermes and trying to keep him alive. Um, you make your way inside um, and you can smell um, this sort of... Uh, Cold. I think if you've ever been in like um, a cold cellar, like just that that smell of being kind of underground. It's earthy. Um, that said, the air does not smell stale. Um, so this isn't a crypt that has recently been breached. This is clearly something that has has seen some some traffic of late, which makes sense given what you've been told. Um, what is your kind of marching order? How do you, how would you the three of you approach something like this? A dungeon, if you will. Yeah. Um, given that it's a crypt, I feel Maka would be walking pretty confidently. Um, it's in the earth. The earth feels good. The earth feels right. Um, so unless somebody else wanted to lead, Maka would, uh, would start heading in. And I'm imagining, uh, Duncan would immediately fall silent and probably try to stick a little more to the shadows than the unafraid of death turtle, mm-hmm. but he's probably keeping himself in like position to kind of flank anyone who comes at Maka or um, Gwendolyn, like he's, you know, to the side and in the middle of the group, but ready for rapid reaction. Um, yeah. Gwendolyn, something I, I would like to hear your thoughts on, and, and I think have you consider, is you've gone from being someone incredibly squishy and vulnerable to being someone incredibly strong and like kind of unkillable in theory. Um, yeah. So something, because uh, I don't know the answer to this, but I'd be curious to, to kind of see how it plays out, is how um, how she begins to find her place in kind of an adventuring party. Because mentally, you're not the lead from the front person. No, I'm like the hide while the guards take care 100%, of 100%, but now realistically you are. So I'm not saying you should do it now, but yeah. um, something I would uh, encourage you to kind of play with is how comfortable you become. And also, again, admittedly, the three of you haven't really fought together very much. There's still not really a sense of combat flow yet, but um, yeah, just uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah. I've got my greatsword like out in front of me, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of shrinking down a little bit. I'm still not sure. Do you carry your sword at your hip or on your, your back? Um, hip. Hip? Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think right now you don't have a sheath yeah. for it uh, because okay. uh, your your human body was the sheath. Um, yeah. So I think oh, it's... That's it's weak. Yep, well, you know, <laughs> that's how we roll. Um, I think Gus, um, between Gus and uh, Duncan, you're able to fashion uh, an improvised, like, leather toggle that you can slide it through, but, like... You're gonna a need a loop, but not a scabbard. You're yeah. gonna yeah. need a scabbard at some point, but uh, right now it's it'll it'll do. Um, 
So um, I think I have great news for I? you. Yes. I don't think any of us have dark vision. <laughs> Yay! No. There you are, Peter. Just a question. Could I carry a great sword on my hip? Would it fit? Yes. Or would it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, this, I just wasn't sure if it was too long. Um, no, at the it, it's at an angle. It's at a pretty sharp angle. Yeah. And like I think, okay. um, you're. It's probably the kind of situation where you're. You've got to keep a hand on on the the pommel. Yeah. Um, interestingly, um, uh, Amala wasn't a sword fighter um, because she was a miner. She fought with like a war pick. Um, so the armor and also like height wise, she wasn't a tremendously tall lady. So yeah, the, like mm. Elos, uh, they were a tall person. Um, okay. but, um, like they were a very like tall, imposing warrior. Uh, so no, this great sword is a little awkward. That's a good point. But I think you're already partially cause you're soul bonded to it. You're naturally finding the way to walk with it. Um, cool. I don't know if you've ever had to wear a sword for theater or anything else, but it is funny how fast not. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've worn like a, like a broadsword on my hip before. And it's fascinating how fast your body res- like learns how to maneuver it. And uh, honestly, it's very nice. It's a nice place to rest your hand, but <laughs> I think you're quickly finding how to, work it even though you've never used it your body just kind of knows because yeah. it's bonded to it so it just feels like part of you um is it pitch black in here tom or how dark are we talking um yes it is uh well no actually it isn't um there are torches um burning at very irregular spots they're burning low um we'll say uh, maybe not torches let's think candles um, that are are lit. Um, you get the sense that they're those giant motherfucking thick candles whose purpose is to burn for an extraordinarily long time, but they burn at a glow, not a not a, a brightness. So it's um, the wick has clearly been soaked in wax. Like it's, it really is a. If someone was to come to pay their respects, we want to make sure it's okay. But no man, no one's paying their respects in the bastard bin, are they? <laughs> so it's probably pretty low light. They, well, they also admittedly... <laughs> except, except for, like, Karen creeping around. Yeah, I mean, she's like, I want to see who I'm boning. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, there, there, is, there is some dim light, uh, at least in this section. Um, you can tell that this is a converted mine. Um, so it isn't exactly just like a massive, like it's not like a classic like D&D crypt where it's just like, oh, this was tooled for this. It was, it's it's a mine that ran dry that's been um, converted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, in this first kind of uh, entryway, there are a couple of these dim candles flickering. Um, you can see that um, some wood slats have been laid down to kind of create um, somewhat of a, a pathway or something to walk across uh, along, um, and you can see some rusted out, um, broken mining equipment. Like you can see um, on closer inspection that these slats were part of um, a track originally, but that the tracks have been like pried off it, and now it's people have added extra wood to give you enough of a pathway hmm. down. Um, this area is clearly a little too irregular. Um, it leads on a downward slope. Um, the ceiling is is very circular, like it's not uh, it's not carved out properly, uh, and this place would be this area would be almost impossible to to stow a body in. So instead, there are um, you can see that there are pictures um, uh, very um, drawn in a, a very kind of crude style 
um, that line both walls that seem to sync up with various justice-based ideas and virtues. Um, and you get the sense it's almost like uh, if you see like stained glass in a modern church that is around a theme, all of these seem to be around a theme of, of punishment and justice. Uh, it leads down uh, about 60 feet uh, and then opens up into a larger space. Mako mm. takes this in, but he does proceed down the only pathway and, and heads towards the open space. I assume the two of you are following? Correct. Oh, yes. Following quite closely. And okay. if it starts to get like dark enough that we could be surrounded or in danger at any point, Tom, I do have a hooded lantern that I would take out and light in a targeted way. Right. Yep, that makes sense. I've got torches, sense. but maybe a hooded lantern is, uh, uh, is better. Tom, does does the candle on my helm still have like a wick? That's and a it was really totally burnt, burnt down. It's burnt. Uh, think of it as like a small sloping candle. So it's yeah. been burnt down. It does have a wick. Um, yeah, this is an interesting point. Um, Jurassic <laughs> like, World pretty much sucks, but there's a moment in it that I thought was like pretty amazing. And it's uh, when the kids are stuck in the old um, Jurassic Park pavilion and they find the When Dinosaurs Rule the World banner and they just like rip it up and turn it into a torch. And as right. a, like, a huge Jurassic Park nerd, I was like, oh, fuck. But also like, but yeah, that's that's honestly, that's the best example of archaeology I've ever seen, where it's just like, oh, this has no value to me. This is just a thing I found. So this is basically a holy candle, but it actually doesn't mean anything to you. So yeah, you could you could 100% light that candle. You could also replace it with a different one. So here's yeah. here's my question to you. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it means nothing. But kind of. <laughs> all right. Well, then I, I think like it's it's fair. Like I, I can use it. I think. Yeah. All right. It's be so um, I think it's dim enough, Ryan, that I think a hooded lantern would be in order. Um, also, because okay. these are like think like if we're in this long passage, there are four candles. So it's like walking down a dark street where there aren't that many street lights. Where it's just like there's one pool of light, massive darkness, one pool of light. Um, and yeah, Laura, if you want to go ahead and again, there's nothing actually, actually holy or sacred about this candle. It's just a piece of history that people talk about. Right. Um, alternatively, if you wanted to, for whatever reason, save this candle, you could pull it off, but you don't have anything to replace it with yet. Right. Okay. Unless we take uh, one of what? the candles off the wall, right? They're too big. They're like, uh. think like, um, uh, votive candles are the wrong example, but like these things are, you know, those like, um, double sized cans you can get, whether it's like soup or like huge thing of tomatoes It's like that wide and tall. So these are like column candles, um, because they okay. admittedly don't really <clears throat> want to replace them very often. Okay. Fuck these people. I think I, if, if we've got the hooded lantern, if that's casting enough light, I won't light it for now, but I wanted to. Yes, wanted 100%. To and again, like, okay. uh, if you ever find yourself in somewhere where you can buy things, like, stocking up on candles yeah. would mean that you basically have a headlamp. Cool. And again, it's it's not a light. It's like a candle with a small reflective um, yeah, shell behind you. it. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so, Ryan, do you light up your hooded lantern? Yeah, I got to do that so we know what the hell's going on. I mean, skeletons aren't known for their stealth, but they are known for their great number and an ability to hold still. So, yeah, light sounds good. Um, so how are you guys approaching it? I know, like, um, Maka, you're kind of talking about just sort of walking into this space because it, it actually feels comfortable and, and to some extent homey to you. Um are you doing this with stealth or are you just kind of walking regularly? Are you, I know you have your weapons kind of at the ready, but uh, I'm just curious about what the, 
intent, I guess, is? There's no stealth, I don't think. I think it's just walking carefully. Hmm. So that uh, walking... So caution, uh, not attentively. stealth. Yeah, caution, not stealth. That's, yeah. Um, um, I would say... Duncan would probably, if Gwendolyn would be willing to take the lantern, give the lantern to Gwendolyn so that he's free to, like, stealth and ambush as necessary. Yeah, and uh, Gwendolyn, based on the strength of the armor, like, one-handing a greatsword is is no no issue for you. Um, cool. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of passive perception. It's a pretty big idea in 5e, but um, I prefer roles. So, Ryan... Um, Given that I think you're actually the only one who would be doing this, can you please roll me a perception check? Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you into a world of darkness and vampires with Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast featuring Ryan LaPlante as the gangster Ridley Beef, Tyler Hewitt as the conflicted detective Everett Fry, and Megan Miles as the poet Iris Dunn with storyteller Tom McGee. Join these newly turned vampires as they try to take control of Montreal. But all is not as it seems, and as their humanity slowly slips away, they are forced into increasingly dangerous situations as the streets of the city run red with blood. Ain't sticky with syrup. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. New episodes available weekly. Ha ha ha. Yes. It would be a disadvantage, but you've got the Hooded Lantern now, so you've got enough going on. 19. Damn, son. That is better than the initiative you rolled. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, die rolls, man. They could be a real bonus or a kick in the dink. Yep. Um, so you notice that there, as you kind of come down the um, track, essentially... Uh, and it starts to level out. Um, you can see that the the sort of dust and dirt at the bottom of the track has been uh, disturbed quite a bit. Um, you can see that the the way the mine worked, um, there's kind of a central nexus point um, with an, an old decommissioned um, uh, sort of like large circular, essentially lazy Susan, you know, those like junction things uh, to help turn trains to different tracks. Uh, so there's one of those in the center of the room um, that has clearly been kind of like bolted shut. Um, but there are three distinct track pathways that lead off of this. Um, you can tell that this was kind of the central processing area. There's bins on on either side. Um, you can tell that when they converted it, they didn't really, since this was meant to be kind of a place to dump assholes, they didn't spend a lot of time beautifying it or, or ritualizing it. Um so there seem to be um, three distinct pathways. Um, however, you can see um, a dim light uh, from the one on your left. And it seems to be brighter than these these um, column candles. It seems to almost be torchlight. All right. So seeing that, I will uh, reach out with a hand and, like, rest it on Maka's shoulder. And then just, like, when I have his look, just gesture down that hallway and remain silent because Duncan is... Not paranoid, but just cautious. <laughs> and as the guy who would have to dive in front of a bullet wants to be aware of where bullets could come from. Uh, and then he'll turn and give kind of Gwendol in the same gesture in the same direction to kind of head down towards the light. Okay, so you're going down the light path? Yeah, the, whatever was the most lit because it seems to stand out the, the most. Cool. 
Um, so you start to make your way down, um, and uh, Maka, the feeling of sort of hominess and um, comfort that you, you've had from this space uh, starts to dissipate a bit. Um, mm. And um, I want to figure out how we can roll a... It might be religion, but I kind of want to figure out how we can roll um, a cluster check for you. So if you're kind of reaching out, I'm imagining um, the sort of the essence of the cluster being similar to something like the Force. Um, I would call it a religion. Religion check. Or, so or go nature. ahead and roll me religion a... Well, whichever one you would like, because ultimately this is very much a you thing. So pick which one you want to use moving forward, and then when I give well, you me, these, we'll, we'll go with that. Can you give me an idea of what you as a DM would normally ask a nature roll for? Uh, honestly, this uh, from a character then like that works you for me. that works. That's fine. Great. So I'll do nature then. Because um, normally I would use nature for something like um, if uh, you're in the forest and you see a dead tree and it doesn't make sense that this tree is dead, that'd be a nature check. If you're trying to find berries that you could eat, that'd be a nature check. But because okay. the way you deal with decomposition and death is nature based, I would argue more so than religion. Like you're you're a mushroom fungi and decomposition guy. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go ahead and roll me a nature okay. check, please. Uh, 15. All right, so the sense of, even though this isn't how you handle death at all, the idea of a crypt is so incredibly alien to you. Because um, why would you do anything with a body other than, even burning a body seems weird, but like putting it in a box, although you haven't seen any yet, so I don't think that's quite <laughs> settled in. Yeah. Um, you don't feel that sense down this path at all. Um, it, it, whatever kind of sense of, oh, this is a place of rest is gone. Uh, it now feels much the same as the town or, um, Orvel or, uh, any of the places, uh, you visited in Bleen that you hated, that you kind of stayed on the, the edges of it. It feels, uh, lived in to some extent. I guess then it's at this point that it occurs to Maka that, like, there's no... This place is, constr- is constructed and built to, like, prevent rot, to in a sense. And that is strange, and, mm-hmm. and why would you delay that part of the process, that inevitability? Um, and so that's a little unnerving. Um, so I think he gets a little... His hackles, so to speak, are a little up about that um, as it occurs to him what this, what a crypt sort of true purpose is um, and that this space is not being used to keep the dead so that they can decompose and, and, and provide life, but to just literally keep the dead. Um, it seems greedy, almost. Um, yep. So uh, uh, he'll uh, he'll he'll approach carefully, yep. uh, and and maybe I think go for stealth now um, for fear of what he might discover. So um, Ryan, I'm going to say um, based on the way that you work, I think, or in the way that um, Duncan works, the minute you see him start to slow, you immediately match. I think you fought shoulder to shoulder with enough people to know that a your style is best if it's either one-on-one combat or making use of other distractions so the second you see him slow you start to 
Um, Gwendolyn, can you roll me a perception check, please, to see if you <laughs> recognize what these two like career warriors are doing? Totally. Eleven. Sorry, man. Um, you uh, continue to kind of like clunk down the stairs, and I think as they both kind of slow into like, oh no, you just walk right past them. Um, and before you realize you've done so, you find yourself at the bottom of the stairs in what would have been um, just like a kind of a, a, a large cavern that would have been used for mining, but is now clearly, and sorry, it's not that large, it's like mid-sized cavern. Um, yeah. Uh, it ends in a closed wall, and instead there are um, wooden um, frames built along the walls um, that you could inter bodies in. Um, and mm. it's not like a, it's definitely not like a French catacomb situation. It's definitely not like a, oh, we put, it's like we throw them in a box, we shove the box on the shelf. It's a weird, and this is something that's always fascinated me about like how Western society deals with death, but it's like we had to put them in a box and put them somewhere. So we're, we're still like trying to be disrespectful, but we're also scared of not being respectful. So <laughs> right here they are. Looking around, um, you can actually see there are two full torches um, that have been uh, placed in iron um, holders in the walls that are burning bright. Um, a number of the coffins are have been slid out, and um, mm-hmm. it seems as though uh, the tops have been broken off of them. Um, and you from the inside? Uh, you can't tell. There's just splintered wood everywhere. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and um, you. In the middle of this, there is so basically there's the natural walls that have racks. In the center of the room, there's a massive kind of double wide rack that's been constructed. Um, it's essentially a shelf in the middle of the room, um, so you don't have full visibility of the whole cavern. You can tell it does end at the back, though. Like there, there isn't another pathway that leads down. Um, and as soon as you clink your way in, um, you can hear um, a rattle of bones. And it just sounds, it's that classic, like, dim dry bones, kind of like rattle, 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 rattle. Like, uh, you can hear the yeah. sound of bone on bone and a scraping of metal. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Eleven. I'll just add a one to your previous score. It's easier for me to just change your your failure to success uh tyler what'd you get seven for maka i'll turn your one into a seven also easy to do (laughs) ryan four oh my god we did it no one had a circle yeah not not only did gwendolyn just go past us i would say she probably shoved us both out of the way (laughs) to get to the bottom of the stairs yeah but it was it i don't even think it was a shove it's just like again like being uh trying to move gently but weighs 400 i was gonna say like i'm like four times i was gonna say human who went to armor it's like you're basically just ben Grimm being like oh sorry stretch like you just thought if you turned sideways you could fit only it still just knocked us both into the walls yeah so um you you, yeah. you blow past both of them um and i just say whoops sorry yeah all right so yeah you notice you did it but um you <laughs> yeah, reach the bottom you yeah. hear the rattle of bones and um the dead come to meet you um so um stalking around uh, the side of one of these columns is a massive um skeleton uh it's like um trying to think what you know um rattle shirt in 
the Game of Thrones show where they used him for like one episode and he died. But like he was like a big fucking thing. So like big scary uh, like um, Mortal Kombat face skull, um, big bones, uh, hanging jaw, um, carrying just a massive battle axe um, starts stalking towards you. Uh, and um, to your surprise, um, one of the first things it does is knock the um, uh, the torch off. Um, so the torch kind of hits the ground and sputters out and rolls away. Uh, and the room plunges into darkness, at least on this side. The other side's still lit. Um, but that was um, the, the brute skeleton's turn. Uh, which brings us, weirdly, the skeletons also roll badly. So, uh, Gwen... You've just seen, like, the last thing you saw was this skeleton kind of, like, turn its massive skull towards you and then knock, like, in the shadows and then knock the uh, the light out. How far away was it? Uh, it's about uh, 20 feet away from you. Um, you also have a hooded lantern that you're carrying because you have the group's only light. That's right. I, Ryan, what's I the range on a hooded do. lantern? Do you know? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I can look yeah, it up. I can look it up as well. Seconds. I'm the DM. This is my fault. Uh, Hooded Lantern. Ah, well, it's the joy of the burglar's pack. I'm really glad Google realized when I just typed in Hooded Lantern that I meant the D&D version, not Hmm. the actual thing. Um, 30 30 to 60. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 60 if you open the the hood. So because it's hooded, it's it's 30. So um, Laura, can you... (laughs) I think I kind of tentatively, like, put it in front of me, like, kind of lift it up, like, my arm shaking. Yeah, but you're, like, spooky Ebenezer Scrooge. You're holding up the lantern, but, like, behind it is a massive... <laughs> yeah. Sword. Um, yeah. Laura, go ahead and roll me a perception check, please, at disadvantage. Oh, no. My perception's already so great. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, well, three. Spooky Skeleton, you can see him. Ah! Okay, um... Then I, I think what I'll do is I'll, um, <laughs> I'm going to make my sword <laughs> just cause I'm so scared and I don't want to get close. I'm going to make my sword fly at the thing and take a strike at it by itself <laughs> because it's a soul bound weapon, baby. And I can do that. One of my favorite things about new games is I don't know what any of your best scores are. I also don't know what the homebrew weapons do. Okay, cool. Flying yeah, sword. So as- so as a bonus action, I can make it fly up to 50 feet and make one attack. Or, yeah. So, I can do that. Can you do that every turn? It's a bonus action. Uh, but I think the... It doesn't... There's no... There's nothing that says it can't. Like I, uh, I think the once. way we'll deal with it, though, is if you do that, then any attacks you're making that round, after you've thrown it, yeah. are, like, fists. Swordless. Oh, I can't make it come back? Because I can do that as a bonus action. You only get. No, what I'm saying is, you get one bonus action per round. So what you can do is, you can throw your sword, have it attack, but then anything, any other attacks you're doing that round, you're punching. Yes. So my defense is all. Otherwise, you could sword strike, throw sword, sword strike, throw sword, and it gets crazy. Like otherwise, you're Kratos in the new God of War game. We're just like (laughs) slash, slash. <laughs> and I think that's, that's how it's supposed to work because it's like the bonus action is do that or return. Hundred percent. But also, admittedly, yeah. like there's a lot of fun to to the idea of just like go get them. Uh, and as you go, you can yes. also figure out what other weapons you want to equip yourself with for situations where you've tossed yeah. away your sword, like the blades so, of chaos. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead and throw your sword. All right. 
I'm rolling. Um, Laura, what does Gwendolyn say as she does this? I feel like if you're going to throw a sword at someone, you got to have some kind of like... I was also going to say, do you know you can do this? Or are you just throwing a sword at something I, thinking you're scared? I don't think I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I feel like this connection to the sword. Well, and I'll say in terms so of... So I think, I think that's kind of, it's more of a feeling rather than a conscious Yeah, and thought. I think in terms of so, the way Soulbound works and the way we've been talking about how the Elos Blade works with you now that your soul's kind of bound to it, is it's less like consciously I will throw a sword and more like ideally what sword fighting is supposed to be, which is if the weapon is an extension of me, my intent is yeah. I want to hit that. And yeah. so it's it's almost like a, like, you know, you thrust your hand out and the, the blade flies out of it rather than like a. Yes, yes. Yeah, great. Totally. All right. Well, that's a nine. <laughs> I mean, the intent is is good. The execution is oh, poor. Oh, and and what I yell is, ah! <laughs> I'll probably come up with something great later, but for now, it's wow. Adorable, you think you're going to survive past this combat with a roll like that. Um, so you throw your sword, um, and even though the intent is there, um, there's also something to the idea that um, one of the weird parts of learning combat or throwing knives or throwing axes or basically anything is doing it in a safe enclosed space similar to what we're talking about Ryan with like the bad dawn guard um your intent is I will hit that I'm gonna throw this but you actually just don't have the training to hit it it's the intent is there and you throw but it's like firing a gun if you've never fired a gun like it kicks and you're like ah your swords are heavy um, so your sword flies just past the the dead torch clatters off the wall and like spins away into the darkness Oh. Uh, and you just hear, <laughs> you still have an action um, and a movement for that matter. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I think I want to um, run away to the side that's lit by the light. Cool. Because um, I'm a, I'm a feared. So having thrown your sword dramatically, um, you do whatever great hero does. Uh, you run like a coward uh, into the lit side um, to see four skeletons, um, three of whom are sitting around a table with cards in their hands uh, and a bunch of like poker chips and gold on the table, um, and one who appears to be pissing against a wall. Uh, and it turns and looks at you and goes, Huh? Um, which brings us can, to can, wait. Can, can I? Can I still have an? You action? do still have an action. Can I? Can I reach the pissing skeleton? No, man. You literally no? like you okay. ran around a corner, and at the far end, you can see this. Okay, that's fine. That's it. What is coming out of the pissing skeleton? I must P- know. Piss. Is it's pissing? Well, it it's is just, piss. So it's literally urine coming out of like a, a hip. Is it, is it just dribbling out of a pelvis? Uh, Tyler, you're not there. You can't see. You're currently uh, at the Tyler's stairs. asking questions for the viewers. I know. Oh God, uh, so, yeah, but Tyler has to run around yeah. the corner. Where so, did the skeleton get the piss to pour down its ribs and pelvis and spine? Look, all she can like, see is the skeleton facing away from her, pissing on a wall. Um, Tyler, uh, it is Maka's turn. Tyler abandons combat because Maka wants to see a pissing Maka skeleton. Maka must yeah. know that, that Maka is he not aware of. <laughs> Use your entire turn to ask what the um, <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Mako will uh, turn to Duncan and say, um, <clears throat> mm, It is, as you say, the dead fear flame. 
and Jossie has deigned to bless me with an appropriate response to these foes. And I cast Flaming Sphere. (laughs) (laughs) On um, the Brute Skeleton, or... We can only see the Brute, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've only been made aware of the Brute. Um, Yeah. So, on the Brute Skeleton? Yeah, basically solving two problems in that there is a giant skeleton, and also he put out the light. Yeah. So, um, I cast Flaming Sphere. A five-foot diameter sphere of fire appears in an unoccupied space of my choice within 60 feet. Yep. Um, I'm going to ballpark it around where I saw him. Um, And it lasts for up to one minute. It's a concentration spell. Uh, So any creature that ends its turn five feet, within five feet of the sphere, must make a dex saving throw. Uh, The creature takes 2d6 fire damage on a failed save. Okay. Um, I think it's fair to make him do that immediately because he's clearly there. I know it's at the end of your turn thing, but... It's always weird when you can pop fire up and it doesn't work until yeah. later. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm go- Oh, no, now I'm less good. Like, no. Um, okay, so um, the brute skeleton um, who was chuckling in the darkness is suddenly uh, broadly lit uh, and rolls a deck save. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, does not pass. Okay, uh, so that's 2d6 fire. Well, that's a good one. That's not a good one. It's a total of six fire damage. No, oh, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, all right. So um, uh, you see the brute skeleton uh, lurch back. Going, ah, ah, oh, oh, it burns. Fuck. Um, and uh, can you roll me a perception check, please? Yeah. That's uh, just a seven. Seven. Um, you see the skeleton lurch back into the dark. Um, it's the, the fire is casting like a, a beautiful glow um, around the room. Um, it's still like there's enough shadow that it's not like brightly lit, um, but it, it lurches back into the shadow, um, like like screaming with its like mighty axe raised in the air. Um, As a bonus action, I would like to control <laughs> where this, the sphere goes and direct it after him. No, 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 all right, so... The other skeletons rolled tremendously badly. Duncan has a, <laughs> Yeah. This is a weird situation, because he watched the princess statue set down a hooded lantern, throw a sword, and then run away. Uh, and Maka Laura, has, did you put the lantern down? I, I never put the no, lantern down. No, she's running with that lantern. lantern. Yep. I've got it. Okay, yeah. yeah, I thought you said you set it down. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah. And the flame is chasing the skeleton. <sighs> Well, you know what? Sometimes you just got to figure out where the big guys. Can I see the brute still, or is it behind a column? He's, or what is he's it? in dim, like he's he, he just stumbled back into the dark because he was on fire. Now the fire's chasing him. So yes, you can very clearly see him. To get close to him will mean being close to the fire. Yeah, I'm not going to allow any get... like. Okay, I go three, and then I go diagonal, and then I go one, <laughs> no, two, no, no, and then I, I go. Right I wouldn't want to do that shit, anyways. Uh, I My think man. what I'd like to do is. Um, get off the stairs and into the room and I can only see the big guy, right? So I'll level the pistol at the big guy uh, and I'd like to ready my action so that if, like, I've got my pistol raised but I'm not shooting, I'll just decide to shoot and then I just want to yell, like, skeletons normally don't talk, so what the fuck is going on? You want to have a conversation? Maybe we don't have to kill you. Uh, You hear uh, a clacking of bones. Well, so much for, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll just wait until I have a shot. <laughs> Great. Uh, that brings us to the skeletons. Um, Gwendolyn, um, 
the skeletons flip their table, um, poker chips go everywhere, um, they grab weapons, and um, the three of them rush you, the one who's pissing is, is you know, finishing off, um, you know, mm-hmm. there's still a sense of propriety. Uh, what is your AC? Uh, it is 20. Cool. Even without your sword? I mean, I guess that doesn't matter, eh? Yeah. You're made of metal. Because it, yeah, it increased at level oh, nice. three. Oh, it's so interesting. It didn't increase at level two. What a great <laughs> adventure know. level two was. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, so um, they're going to rush up to you and um, start swinging at you with, with their blades. Cool. <laughs> level 10, she has armor 27. <laughs> yeah, at level 10, she just gets to go home. She just did it. It's great. <laughs> they just place a crowd on your head. They're like, yeah, fuck it, you did it. Um, all right, so two of them hit, actually, because I rolled damn wow. good. Uh, one of them, however, um, just, like, swings mightily at you, um, and uh, his uh, sword just, like, it's a scimitar, so it's meant for slicing, uh, and it just, like, mm. hits the side of you, and uh, similar to what you observed yesterday, it's the, the Jackie Chan wobble arm, and um, yeah. it's it's the first time, I think, because the first time you thought it might be a fluke, this time you're like, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> this is who I am now. Interesting. Um, oh, man, double sixes, balls. Um, so that is uh, 16 points of damage. Uh, which brings us back to the top of the round um, with uh, the Brute. So the brute is uh, being chased by fire, um, and it is just going to swing its axe at the fire because, you know, what you going to do? Um, all right, he rolled a 14. It doesn't matter because it's a ball of fire. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he's got to roll a deck save if, uh, to get out of the way. Uh, what is the 13? Does not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I rolled a 10. So what is your... It's 2d6 fire. Bad day to be a skeleton brute. That's uh, four more fire damage. All right. Um, uh, swinging the axe, the skeleton just yells, Why won't you die, fire dick? Um, and just swings back through. Uh, and it's 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 like watching a child throw a temper tantrum. It's clearly very, like, petulant and useless um, mm-hmm. as the skeleton swings its axe through the, bla- uh, through the, the, the ball. Um... Can both of you roll me perception checks, please? And actually, uh, Laura, you can as well, since you're staring at sure. That's a, a bunch of skeletons. Six. Ten. Uh, and sorry, uh, Laura, that was <laughs> ten. Ten. Um, all right. Can, uh, I, can I roll uh, with advantage? I'll use my um, my inspiration. Sure. Because I feel like this is an important roll. You keep asking us to do this. <laughs> there we go. So that's a twenty-one. <laughs> um, as you as you see the the brute continue to like swing his axe through, um, you can actually see um, that uh, the fire seems to have caught onto him, um, but not the bones, uh, the darkness between the bones, uh, and you can see small fires uh, beginning to light um, and and burn, uh, and the skeletons like screaming and slapping at them, uh, and as you see it look down, you can see that. Um, the uh, the jaw is actually hung from um, thread, uh, mm-hmm. and there seems to be like a black cowl underneath it. I will yell out. Um, <coughs> these are 
These are mortals. Wearing the remains of the dead. No, we're not. We're skeletons. Hmm, they may be skeletons. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.